0: Welcome to Talking Beyond Business, the podcast that explores the intersection of sustainability, corporate responsibility, and business success. Join your host, Chris Quinn, as he discusses with leading experts from Bearing Point and beyond their vision and solutions to some of the most meaningful business challenges of our time, including equity and representation, corporate citizenship, sustainability, and how businesses can operate effectively, yet still commit to a greater good. Hello, in previous episodes of the Beyond Business podcast, we discussed how companies can approach carbon emissions reductions. Today, we'll discuss how you can specifically support the aims of business growth and sustainability through the circular economy. We'll speak with two experts in the field, Emma Salmanen, a circular economy consultant from management consultancy Bearing Point, and Janneke Koeninen from Finland's leading dairy and food company, Valio. Janneke, for our listeners, can you please introduce the company you work for and your role within it?
1: Yes, of course. So my name is Janne Kakeinanen, as you mentioned, and I work as a senior project manager at Valio. And my focus area at work is sustainable business development. And well, you already mentioned that Valio is the leading dairy and food company. Um, we do have milk and plant-based products and Even though our main functions are here in Finland, we are actually quite established around the world, I'd say. We export our products to some 50 countries, and we have subsidiaries, for example, in Sweden, uh, the Baltic countries, U.S. and uh, China as well. Uh, Maybe one of the specialties of us that I'd like to mention is that we are actually owned by Finnish dairy farms. So we have roughly 3,500 owners who produce us milk but also own us and in total we employ around 25,000 people at dairy farms and additional 4,000 professionals at at Valio so that's us in in short
0: so thanks a lot for that Janaka Emma perhaps you could explain a bit about your role as well
2: yeah, thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. I'm Emma Salminen, as, as you said. I'm a senior business consultant at the Bis- Sustainable Business Team here at BearingPoint Point Finland. I actually joined BearingPoint just half a year ago together with our team through acquisition from the former sustainability consultancy Korkia Consulting. And I've learned a lot about B's expertise in data and technology, and also how that helps in our clients with building growth through sustainability. I myself, I work at large with sustainability related topics, but my expertise is really on circular economy. You could even say that it's my passion since before joining the consulting world, I did my PhD in the area of circular economy.
0: Brilliant. So there's not many people better to ask this next question. Emma, could you tell us in simple terms, how would you define the circular economy concept and its core principles? And perhaps talk about the three R's.
2: Since circular economy is no new term, I think it originates back in the 70s or, or 80s or something. So I would assume that most of, of the listeners have heard of the te- term Uh, Yet, uh, considering how many times I've heard people refer to only recycling when they discuss about circular economy, I think it is relevant to remind ourselves once again about the scope of circular economy at large. So the traditional linear system that we know is where resources are first extracted, then they are transported to factories, there they are processed into goods and after this the goods are sold to consumers and as the consumers we dispose these goods. And the problem with this process is that it creates pressing need for always extracting new natural resources and also discarding things when they are still in a good shape. So the idea of circular economy is sort of to bend this linear system into a circle where no waste is Generated and the nature is rena- regenerated at the same time. And the advantage of this system is that it allows creating value in multiple parts of the value chain, not only at the end when you are selling the product, for example. And about the three Rs, I think that is the, the more concrete way of thinking about circular economy, because it's, it's a large system. It is through these three Rs. And I think I've heard about five Rs, seven Rs, even 10 Rs, but let's keep it simple here and talk about the three. Uh, So basically when considering how to create value through a circular economy, uh, a company could ask, how could we reduce materials in the loop? How to reuse the materials that are already in the loop? And finally, how to recycle the materials when they are actually at the end of their life cycle.
0: Thanks a lot for that detailed explanation. What do you think makes the circular economy so relevant today to to businesses in the global landscape?
2: I mean, there are a lot of reasoning for that. And I could talk about that the whole day. and obviously all of the megatrends that influence on the economy also influence on the circular economy, since it's an economy, economy, it's a system. But here I would like to highlight three trends from the stick and cra- carrot perspective. So first starting with the, with the stick and that's usually the regulations. And since there are thousands of regulations that are, maybe not thousands, but a lot of uh, regulations that influence on circular economy. I'm here gonna just scratch the surface. And I actually checked yesterday that the EU circular economy action plan that is the most relevant uh, for everyone working in the EU has mapped out 54 actions and four legislative proposals on waste so in here, I'm not going to go through all, all of the 54, but go through three through the three R's. So first, the reduce. Uh, so there's there has been a ban of plastic or single-use plastics, and now microplastics uh, that that's uh, coming only this October. Then through the reuse, uh, the right to repair is interesting. Uh, it's a directive that makes repairing easier for consumers. And it will also push producers to develop more sustainable business models around repair services. So it's also a possibility, a carrot potentially. And then about the recycling. Recycle. I think the extended producer responsibility is interesting, as it regards companies to take responsibility uh, of their products throughout their life cycle and hence take into consideration the whole loop of their production. Uh, and the next two would be carrots. So. Circular economy helps with reaching the zero emission targets that most companies nowadays have. And I think these zero emission targets are great in the fight against the climate change. Yet a lot of these targets are set uh, that are set are often related to energy efficiency or transitioning from fossil fuels to renewables that are both great initiatives. And I, I suggest that companies continue with those, but I think circular economy would uh, bring the business benefits on reaching these zero-emotion targets uh, when businesses shift into more innovative business models or technologies, products, or service offering. So there's a lot of potential there and the other important trend that companies are faced with and this is the third one is with the current economic situation is the material risks and resource scarcity so we have witnessed a huge disruption in the supply chains that poses a lot of companies risks that are dependent on raw materials and i think a circular economy can offer great solutions in combating these uh, risks. So to put it simple, using less materials and energy means less costs. And But reducing costs can also mean avoiding reputation risks and increasing productivity, buying less materials. So there is a lot of potential in the mech trends.
0: It certainly sounds like there's a lot of reasons to action the circular economy. And I appreciate you breaking that all down and the carrot and stick metaphor. And on that, Janneke, where does Valio sit with regard to what these trends and what challenges and opportunities did you as a company identify?
1: Yeah, I think there were many interesting things that Emma just mentioned there. Um, To start with, I'd mentioned that Following market trends, innovation and research have always been very important, basically at the core of Valio, I'd say. Um, And I think this is largely due to the fact that Nobel Prize winner A.I. Virtanen actually used to lead Valio's laboratories for almost 50 years. So we're really walking in his footsteps. And um, this research has also been the uh, grounds of building our uh, roadmap towards achieving carbon-neutral milk chain by 2035. And I think it's a good example of where you can actually see in practice those three R's that Emma mentioned. Um, we do of course have targets such as reducing waste in all stages of the production uh, using hundred percent recycled or renewable materials in packaging. but I think there was especially one side stream um, that we quite early on recognized to be really interesting and and valuable also business wise so maybe that's that's the carrot. <laughs> And that, that comes to the reuse. So, so now we're talking about cow's waste manure. And uh, there's actually tons of it. Um, in uh, in Valio Farms, we produce around 7 to 8 million tons of manure annually. And that's around half of all manure that is born in, in Finland. And what that manure actually consists of is uh, nutrition and energy. So it's full of those and it's just laying there basically waiting to be utilized. So that's the, the opportunity I think we we especially have, have recognized. And um, of course, at the same time, there are these challenges. So this substrate is not easy to get to circulation. Uh, many, many reasons, but to mention just two, I'd say, big distances between farms. Finland is geographically large country, and then low investment readiness um, at farms. So those are Two things that we especially have had to tackle.
0: It sounds like you're doing some amazing things there, Janneke. What particular projects could you talk about in the circular economy at Valio?
1: Yeah, to talk more about this manure, um, what we actually discovered was that you could use this manure to produce biomethane, and biomethane is a renewable fuel. It has many different uh, applications in industry, but um, the most interesting use cases, in our opinion, are heavy duty transportation and maritime sector. And if you do this, so produce biomethane, you can actually replace hundreds of millions of liters of fossil fuel. So it's very, very significant. Um, in my opinion, of course, the most interesting uh, thing, however, is not the biomethane maybe in, in itself, but it's it's the fact that the production process actually also results in a circle of fertilizer. And uh, nowadays, what farms do is that they uh, spread this uh, manure as it is to farms as a fertilizer. Uh, fertilizer but if you if you get the circular fertilizer the quality is actually significantly better Uh, it helps to increase the yields of farmers and replace their artificial fossil-based fertilizer use with a circular one and then in the future there are many more additional uh, potential products such as utilizing the bio co2 of biomethane so all in all i'd say that um, we have of course seen that there is a huge demand for renewable energy and fertilizers like this in the future. And, and of course, because of the climate change, it seemed very natural to move forward uh, with this this development. And what what it has resulted in is actually that today we have a daughter company called Suomen Lantakaasu in Finnish. Um, it's a joint venture with one of the leading Nordic energy companies, ST1. And now we have the joint target to create new climate aware business from manure and other food value chain side streams together with SD1 and currently we are in the detailed design and permitting phase of our first liquefied biomethane production plants and we expect it to operate by 2026 and then we have of course targets to move even further so by 2030 we we want to have uh, one terawatt hour production of liquefied biomethane so we're talking about a fuel for thousands of heavy-duty vehicles. And this has been a very interesting project to to go forward with. And we've also been very lucky to have Bearing Point to help us a bit here.
0: Well, fantastic. It sounds um, like a really brilliant project. And it's often... There's a saying in England where there's muck there's gold. And um, it seems like you guys are finding some gold in something that, you know, a couple of years ago might not have been considered... Uh, worth carrying forward. And Emma, listening to Janneke there talking about some of the results of uh, circular economy development, could you give us some ideas about what's happening in in other industries?
2: Yeah, surely. And it's always so fascinating and inspiring to hear the Valio stories. And I think it's a great example of how waste is turned into resources and new business. So I think it's 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 a great story. And great work that you are doing there. And I think, uh, considering other interesting circular economy things, I think an interesting development have been in sharing economy, where people have access to goods and services without ownership. And the sharing economy services have exploded in popularity over recent years with many expecting this trend to continue. It's been a, a little bit of struggle to get it uh, scaled up, but the annual growth of sharing economy has been around 32%, so that tells a lot already. And there is a lot of underutilized potential still there, but also those kinds of solutions regard taking into, co- into account the consumer or the end customer and their routines to get it get it scaled up. Uh, for example clothing rentals in the fashion industry have expanded during the past years and so have car sharing services and these services need the right kind of pricing obviously and the right kind of offering infrastructure and other sorts of applications to to support the scale up Um, another Example that comes to my mind is from the plastic industry that usually is the evil one in the circular economy uh, spheres. And here the regulation has been turned from limitation to favorable approach and even new business opportunities. For example, we did a project to Lahti Development Organization, LADEC, who study the business opportunities of underutilized municipal waste streams, where plastic was one of the uh, focus areas and they're still uh, continuing the work there. And our analysis showed the, the progress of plastic waste utilization and the demand for recycled materials is driving this progress as manufacturing industries set targets for material utilization that also comes partly from the regulations and also from the consumer's expectations on the producers. So I hope in the future we would see for example examples from textile fabrics that often uh, contain plastics too circulating from textile to textile rather than plastic waste being collected from the oceans and turned into clothes.
0: Janneke, you spoke eloquently about what you're doing at Valio. I know that in sustainability people often think that it's quite a complex area. What was the case when you were getting these projects off the ground? Were there challenges you faced? What were the learnings that you you took away?
1: I think the challenge here is always finding the right business model when you do something new. And I think it's especially true in this case when you're talking about circular economy because the scalability of the solutions is uh, quite often yet to develop and the old solutions such as fossil fuel uh, use in this case is rather developed and rather rather uh, cheap to pr- produce in, in relation Um, Emma mentioned regulation uh, earlier. That's, of course, one thing always affecting quite a lot. And when you're talking about energy field, there's a lot of regulation related. And unfortunately, some of it is uh, also quite often changing. So the operating environment is not always that stable. Um, Maybe here another thing about the business model to mention is that uh, typically, for waste-to-energy and biomethane plants, um, waste handling fees have been a very important part of the, the income. And here, in our case, it's not possible because of the uh, farmers being here, here the pro- producers of the raw man- material. Um so I think those are maybe the, the most important things, of course. Then there's a lot of local difficulties <laughs> that you always of, always have. Uh, when we're talking about Finland, you always have to mention cold temperatures that we need to handle. Um, but another thing I'd say is logistics that I mentioned before as well. So there's long distances between farms and the manure is located uh, quite sparsely. Um but for all of these, I think we found quite nice learnings and we have now created a so-called hybrid model uh, for the production where we actually quite innovatively now combine large and small scale production. So a lot of challenges, but also a lot of good learnings uh, that we have found.
0: Great. And, and Emma, are there any other challenges in your role working with other businesses that you've seen that companies might want to be aware of?
2: yeah i mean certainly when there are opportunities there are also challenges and as janica mentioned uh, transition into circular economy takes time effort and looking at things from the non-conventional perspective i think valio's case is an excellent example of that and what we need to remember here is that once again (laughs) circular economy is a system so it's not a, just about circular production, but it's actually an economic system. It's a large thing to think about. Therefore, it can seem a little difficult for companies to where to to know where to start with, um, or how to set targets and metrics in place. And there is also a problem with measuring the circular economy actions themselves and the circular economy at large. So. This can then result in focusing on very incremental things, such as recycling very often, instead of taking a more holistic perspective and being able to reach the business benefits. And the other huge challenge is data and property rights. Uh, so supply chains have become increasingly more complex and tracking the flow of products within the chain can be challenging as it requires uh, accurate data at each stage of the supply chain. So I've been working on a project related to marine industry for a while, and there we studied the requirements of building a carbon neutral ship, including also circular solutions. And here the problem is tracking of data and the lack of standardization it is very understandable that not all subcontractors, for example, are willing to share what their products originate from uh, or what they're built from or where do the parts originate from. So I think for that, the Eco Design Directive uh, regulation that are, is expanded to cover more product categories now at the EU uh, is very interesting and will hopefully help with this uh, with the Digital uh, Product Password regula- Directive.
0: I think that when we hear about sustainability and the world, it's often doom and gloom, a lot more stick. <laughs> but Valio seems to me to be uh, an example of a success story where you're really contributing positive things to the environment. But there's also the business story, isn't there? All this effort is worth it could you tell us a bit about some of the business benefits Janneke at Valio
1: surely um, well our first biomethane plant is yet to start operations in a few years so I think we'll see the most benefits materializing then but I think already today we see that this will bring significant new growth and business to Valio and it's business that's good for the society and climate uh, as a whole Um, then again of course we have the interest to use biomethane in our own logistics as well um, to an increasing amount so we can actually also be uh, the end users of our own own production Um, then again as i mentioned we are owned by farms and we see that this has very uh, significant um, improvements for our uh, farms so we can actually improve their operating conditions. We can give them better fertilizer. We can give them logistical benefits when we return the fertilizer closer to their, their fields. Um, but in general, I think um, we know our, our emissions of, uh, very well, and we see that we have also the responsibility to reduce the, the climate effects of our dairy production value chain. And this project is a very important part of that. So... We believe that we can actually now cut our dairy farm's carbon footprint, replace fossil fuel use in our own logistics, and then uh, produce a very significant positive carbon handprint.
0: And Emma, it's such a good story, isn't it? I think um, also consumers will look at a company like Valio and feel a little bit warmer towards an organisation that seems to be doing something for good and not just profit, and combining the two. in, In your role, speaking with many different businesses... And for companies that are just starting out on this journey, might find it a bit bewildering. What would your top three practical tips to get started with the circular economy be? And what questions do you think that employees should ask their decision makers?
2: Yeah, well, like Janneke is here exemplifying well, is that everything starts with the strategy. It starts with setting up milestones, the vision and putting this strategy in place like companies have placed their net zero targets circular economy can be included in the company strategy as well Uh, this is where we oftentimes start with the companies that we work with to put these uh, processes into place with for example starting with foresight studies or regulatory analysis or some market studies and for that the second tip is data and value chain analysis. So in, ter- in order to understand and know what to do in terms of circular economy, a company would need to know and have a look at their value chain and see whether they have the necessary data in order to analyze where they are in terms of circular economy. And the third one is partnering. So circular economy cannot be done alone and oftentimes great partners are great help in this and this is a great example of what Valio has done as well, finding the right partners. And this comes with also nations, consumers, we all need partners in order to succeed in the circular economy. So I would uh, encourage everyone in their companies go and ask some simple questions and how to bend their business model into more circular. For example, asking about inefficiencies or highlighting them in the value chain or asking whether they know what customers are actually buying from us. Could we offer better customer engagements, for example, through services or different pricing, for example? tools taken from circular economy? Or if a company has a a circular economy strategy, is it implemented throughout the organization? Do we have the right incentives for the management, for example? Are the relevant metrics in place? This will then lead to strategical changes and shifting towards productive circular economy. And after you've asked these questions around your organization, then put it into action and do better and not just for the necessity.
0: Thank you. Thanks for those practical tips. Janneke, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Well, Emma had their uh, very excellent tips. Maybe I'd also like to highlight partnering and data. Um, We see the benefits very clearly in our our case. Um, To start with partnering, we now have the joint venture and that's very important because we now see that we actually possess the full value chain knowledge from the agricultural roots of value all the way to energy distribution uh, skills at ST1. And then when it comes to data, of course, I think it's simplistically know your production chain, um, know your emissions, know your waste streams, and then uh, maybe it takes a bit of daring to look beyond the current for those new ideas.
0: Thank you so much for today it was really interesting hearing about Valio and some of the practical tips that you've both provided it's great to hear about a company really doing something good for the world and also managed to make it a business success so thank you both Emma and Janneke for the insightful discussion on driving business growth through the circular economy as our guest shared today it's not just an environmental concept, but a strategic approach that can benefit business. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share, like and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. I'm Chris Quinn. Thanks for tuning in as we continue to explore how leading companies are innovating for growth responsibly. Please stay tuned for Bearing Points next Beyond Business podcast, which will be coming soon.